0: Hi, my friends. Good nearly afternoon. Welcome to today's episode of Happiness After Codependency. Welcome. I am Marshall Berkshire. I'm your guide back to self-trust and ultimately helping you come to know love and live who you are beyond codependency, narcissistic abuse, <clears throat> and even you know, just neglect and the struggle that we sometimes have in our lives and growing up and becoming ourselves and you know being happy. So I'm excited to have you here today. We're going to touch on an older series called the How to Know Yourself series. This series is focused on how I we can know ourselves. And today will be episode 10 in that series. We're going to explore what's called emotional states and your sense of identity. So welcome. Before we get into today's concept, I want to invite you to join us here online in the community where you can find guidance, you can find support, you can find tools and practices to help you go deeper into your happiness and freedom from codependency. It's really my goal is teaching you how to care for your nervous system, care for your emotional self, and help you discover, know, and love who you are so you can go out there and live it and experience it in ways that work for you. And so the community is where you can find that kind of support and guidance. The link is above on Facebook. It's below on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening via podcast, go to my website, freetheself.com. Go up to resources and go down to the community, and i will connect you right with it. So come and join us and allow us to support you in coming to know, love, and live who you are. So I'm going to get this shared out there real quick. Let me know, guys. Comment below. How are you doing? And your thoughts and reflections on today's training as we get into it here in a moment. If you're watching this live, and <clears throat> if you're watching this recorded, share below on uh, both on Facebook and on YouTube. And let me know your thoughts and perspectives here. So I'm going to get this shared out here. There we go. And voila. So. Again, good afternoon and good morning to y'all. So how to know yourself, episode number 10, emotional states and your sense of identity. So give you a little background here. I have been working on self-trust for, for some time here in an indirect way, and I'm moving it into a direct focus in my personal development and growth. And one of the results of this practice of trusting the legitimacy of whatever shows up for me has has this revelation about how, as children, we tend to identify with our emotions as who we are. So this is what I'm getting at here. So we'll see if we can combobulate this. So emotional states for a child are a sense of identity. They view themselves through the lens of that emotion. We do this as adults. I am, and then whatever the emotion is, I am happy. I am sad. I am lonely. (coughs) lonely. I am angry. I am hopeful. We are identifying with being the feeling or the emotion. And this creates a sense of deep attachment and connection to the emotion. It creates um, significance in what the emotion is for us. This also has the impact of deciding what our choices and actions will be. Because if I identify with something or ask something, I am going to act from that premise so i'm going to utilize my personal power through choice and action and affect my world and myself from that motivator from you know whatever emotion that is now if we are from codependency and we identify with an emotion like insecurity shame guilt unworthiness we are actively sabotaging ourselves. It's not deliberate. It's not conscious. But what happens when we identify with an emotion like shame, guilt, unworthiness, those kind of things, is it governs what we allow ourselves to receive. It governs what we allow ourselves to recognize and acknowledge in our world. So we'll paint a, a picture here. So if I'm identifying with shame and I am being harmed and abused by someone, I am going to interpret that as something I deserve. I've earned this. This is something that I have. Um, yeah, that this is a natural response because I'm a shameful person. Of course, I should be treated this way. If I identify with guilt and someone's upset at me for saying no to them or establishing a boundary, then I'm going to feel that I am wrong and bad, and I'm harm. I might even be harmful to this other person. If I identify with the emotion of insecurity and I'm attempting to go out and do things that take risk, that take um, exposure, and I get feedback that's critical on, it, I'm going to question myself. I'm going to doubt my skills, my expertise, my validity, my legitimacy. See this identification with an emotion sets us up for very big consequences and results in our world. The same follows for love, the same follows for confidence, the same follows for for a sense of wholeness. But even those have their limits. Because sometimes if I'm identifying with my concept of love and then an emotion shows up like shame or guilt and it says, oh, that's not supposed to be here because I'm a loving person. And we have created this dichotomy in ourselves. We're not actually in contact with who we are. We're in contact with an, a, a sliver of it, a dimension, but not the whole picture. Because identity is a funny thing, at least from my premise. Identity is programmed. Identity is the conclusion we've created based on our prior dominant experiences. And that's a dangerous ground because what that does is it limits our ability to access the rest of potential for us. I mean, if I am just an insecure person, then it's always going to be insecure. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to do this thing. Well, I'm coming from the premise of being insecure. I'm going to view the thing I do through that lens, and that's going to lead me to do particular kinds of uh, actions, make particular kinds of choices, which create particular kinds of results. Same thing will occur with confidence and love as well, but those still narrow us because we're not aware of what we're actually a- sensing in a situation. Instead, we're reacting from programming. So in the Know Yourself strategy, which is uh, step two of the happiness after codependency system, I teach this concept called reactive and responsive states. And reactive states are things that just emerge out of us instantly, it's like, the thing happens and wham, that's our, our I, I feel this thing, I think this thing, I do this thing in response to it. A responsive state is, goes, oh, this is a situation, what am I aware of? What values govern my choices? and What matters to me in this situation? What, um, what do I need to understand more about it? How is it impacting my life? How is it aligned with what I need and want? And then we can make a choice, a proactive, engaged choice towards that situation. When we identify with emotions, we're coming from a reactive state. Oh, I am this thing, then do these things. This is why we get the patterns we get in our lives. It's a dominant factor in our programming to identify that. Got a comment here from Pam. She says, Fascinating, never would never thought about identifying with an emotion and how it skews things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wrestling with this myself because in this practice of of self-trust, and it's brought me to a really raw and direct experience of my own internalized sense of insecurity because I have had insecurity in my whole life. I don't have a memory of when I didn't feel insecure about who I am. Now, I have things in my life where I am very secure and very confident in, but if I stay in that space too long, the insecurity, it bleeds into it. And that's because the insecurity has been a dominant aspect of my identity for a very long time. And so as so I've been working with self-trust and with regulation on that, caring for this part of me that holds this insecurity, I begin differentiating myself from it the insecurity. And this is what we do with emotions. If I identify the specific emotion very powerfully in a dominant basis, that means I think I am that thing. Now I need to do this thing called differentiation. So what is differentiation? Differentiation is the practice of identifying the differences and the separation or space between thing A and thing B. So um, if you go to the store and you look at donuts, You can see the differences. They're both still donuts, but they're different. One's a chocolate, one's a caramel, one has sprinkles, one doesn't, etc., etc. We differentiate things all the time. Right now, you're actively differentiating my voice from other noises around you. You're differentiating my... you're, You're seeing me on the screen, and you're differentiating it from the rest of your screen, or your wall, or whatever is going on for you. Well, when it comes to emotions and who we are... Differentiation allows us to go, oh, I am feeling this emotional response towards this situation. That allows us to separate who I am from the feeling. So I feel this about that. What else am I aware of? I also feel this about that. And I need this and I would like that. What else is beyond that? I also feel calm here in my body, and some tension over here in the body, and wow, I'm starting to become more diversified in my awareness of me and my relationship to whatever stimulus or situations occurring. If I had stayed in the first emotional response, let's say it was men's security, then I had already been a reactive chain of events there. And then I'd be wondering why these things happen. How am I ever going to get out of this loop? Why does this keep going on? I feel stuck. It's that focal point of identifying with the emotion that leads us into this state of being that we don't want to be in. So when I slow it down and go, I feel it. See, I know we have this statement out there. It's been out there in a long time. I feel rather than I am, things like that. The, the premise, the meta, the root from which this comes from, our concept is: if we disidentify with the feeling and then we acknowledge it for what it genuinely is, hey, this is an emotion I'm experiencing about this thing. It gives us the capacity and uh, for awareness about the rest of our awareness that allows us to make better choices for ourselves because in codependency a lot of times our emotional reflex is shame and guilt and and feeling responsible for something that's not in our yard and then this motivates the people pleasing and the fixing and the controlling and the rescuing and the the boundary violation and and you know the the sense of internalized inadequacy uh, the, the the sense of shame towards self, the lack of love and respect for self, and that feeds into the anxiety, that feeds into the instability, the chaos, depending on what's what's going on out there. But if we step back and go, okay, I'm feeling this, and what I'm semi aware of, and what do I need here? What care do I need? Oftentimes ninety nine percent of the time I'd say ninety percent, let's say do nine out of ten. I tend to find that in my own experience and experience with my clients and students, when we get into this, oh, I'm feeling this, we get a reflex of like gotta fix it, gotta change it. If we slow down there and go, Okay, what if I simply acknowledge that this is here and trust that it's a legitimate response that doesn't need fixing just needs my awareness. Nine out of ten times, that is enough to open the client, the student, yourself, myself, to the rest of our reality and then connect with a wisdom that it begins to emerge in us. This can take time. Sometimes it goes quick. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's enough to stop the cascade of reactions, of habit there, and then, oh, What do I need? And the the need isn't going to be, I need this situation to be different. That'll be a reflex. The real need is, a lot of times, hey, I I need to know I'm okay feeling this. I need to know I'm okay where I'm at. That's really what we need a lot of times. It's just the reassurance that what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, what we're sensing is valid, is legitimate, we can apply trust to that legitimacy, trust to that validity, and that can help us calm very, very deeply. Same thing for like Pam says here. For me, it's shame and being unworthy. Always core central feelings. Yeah. So we, you have a strong identification as being shameful, being unworthy. A practice in this, an experiment could be: What is it? What shifts when you? First of all. Give yourself a chance to go, I feel unworthy, but that doesn't mean I am. So I can feel unworthy and still be worthy. I can feel shameful and still not be intrinsically shameful. I can be like, you know, I can trust that these emotions, these sensations are emerging from a very legitimate experience in my past where, yeah, of course I feel shameful about this. I was shamed for these things, or things like them. That's what the self- trust talks about. Self trust doesn't mean I trust that I'm actually shameful. Self trust is odd, ah, the feeling has a legitimate premise. It's coming from a legitimate past experience that's being activated with this present situation in some way. This allows us to separate identification, identifying with it. emotion, create that differentiation. Go, okay, I'm feeling shameful. What else am I aware of? What do I need here? How can I care for myself here? This is where we get our shifts. This is where things begin to change for us emotionally. Because any kind of healing work, it's not going to be an analytical thing that creates the change. It's a felt sense somatic shift. It's like, ah, Your relationship to your emotional state changes, which allows you to then change your emotional state, to evolve it, to grow it, um, and to uh, change it in ways that work better for you. So this is how we can start to really know ourselves because knowing ourselves is not about just a definition. Well, this was Marshall. It's like, what am I aware of right now in my lived experience? That's part of knowing yourself as a living thing. Is an alive process. It's a a living process in your body and in your awareness. So we're not looking for static definitions. We're looking for contact with what's in you right now. And then tapping into what the need is and caring for that need so that you can be free. That's where the freedom comes in. Because when we come to know ourselves this way, it allows us to love ourselves so that we can then live from that space of love and care for ourselves. And this, this is the end of codependency because we no longer need the strategies in codependency to meet these needs or care for this pain or care for this joy or whatever arises. We have a better model that allows us to keep ourself, allows us to build healthy, secure friendships and relationships and environments in our world so that we can then be more of ourselves. That's what we do. So, Here you go, my friends. So that's today's episode. Go out play with this. Let's see what you experience. Let me know in the comments below what you have gained from today's episode. Also, let me know the impact long-term as you practice this. If you want to get really specific and deliberate with it, I invite you to get my uh, my new guide. It's called uh, The Missing Piece to Thriving Beyond Codependency, Code um, Restoring Self-Trust. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and it's on my front page of my website at freetheself.com. It's free. It's your first step in restoring self-trust. It's going to teach you why self-trust is critical, how it relates to codependency, and to what's called the three necessities. And then it gives you your first practice in taking this on. So I recommend getting that and getting started. Second step there will be to enroll in my upcoming five-day challenge that starts here in January. That is also free. Jump in it's five days of live training on this concept because we'll be restoring self-trust in your legitimacy emotionally and through your power, bringing you regulation and safety to your nervous system so that you can start to lean in out of codependency and into a deeper sense of self-trust and self-respect. So those links are above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and on the front page of my website. Go gently, my friends. I will see you in our next episode. Have a good day. Bye-bye.